You are listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Show, the leading word in pharmacy. You can find all of our episodes at www.pharmacypodcast.com. This is Donnie Calhoun, president of NCPA, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Hey, pharmacy community, this is Todd Urey, the host of the Pharmacy Podcast. We have a really, really cool show today, something I'm pretty excited about. I've been excited about this interview uh, since hearing about uh, the new president coming aboard, the National Community Pharmacists Association, Mr. Donnie Calhoun. Good afternoon, Donnie. How are you today? I'm great, Todd. Thanks for having me on your show today. Oh, you're very welcome. So it's a different world today than uh, than what's come about over the last 20, 30 years of pharmacy. And, um, you know, an association... The National Community Pharmacy Association, it's more important than ever. Um, there's things happening that pharmacy owners really don't have time to pay attention to. Um, you know this um, just being in the pharmacy industry as long as you have. And before we get started, I want you to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Uh, understand you've, you're a pharmacy owner of two stores right in Calhoun County, Alabama, the great state of Alabama. I'm going to turn things over to you and just have the listeners uh, get a little overview of who Donnie Calhoun is, and then um, we're going to jump right into the questions. Okay, Todd. Thanks so much. Well, you know, I come from a varied background, just like, you know, everybody does. Um, I grew up in South Alabama, and I went to Troy State University and worked my way through college as a radio personality and working uh, for the radio station. Um, then, of course, I got out worked a couple of years for a, uh, a small drug company as a uh, drug salesman and then went from uh, there to pharmacy school. Before, and primarily the reason is um, I called on pharmacies and doctor's office and met a lot of pharmacists and learned what they did. And, and uh, the career just really excited me and was able to finish up a couple of prerequisites and very lucky, very, very lucky to be able to get into pharmacy school. And of course, I went to school at Sanford University in Birmingham, Alabama. And what a great school. It's um, a Baptist college and it's it's a, it's a great school. And I really appreciate everything they did for me to help launch my career in pharmacy. I was pretty active as a student, you know, at Sanford. Uh, got active with, with the state association uh, while I was a student, continued that afterwards. I worked for a regional chain for six years, Harco Drug, um, primarily based in Alabama. We had a few stores in Mississippi, Florida, Georgia, and Tennessee, but primarily an Alabama company and learned an awful lot uh, as a staff pharmacist and store manager for Harco Drug. And it gave me the ability to to learn about uh, pharmacy. Um, The first year that I worked, I actually did an APHA community pharmacy residency I was one of the first six residents in the United States uh, um, that uh, did a community pharmacy residency way back in 1987. So community pharmacy residency has been around a long time. And uh, so after completing that, I became store manager for Harco for six years. And during that time, uh, the store that I actually managed was in Anniston, Alabama. Got to know the owner of Golden Springs Pharmacy real well. And uh, actually, I was working at a store in Birmingham. My wife was in law school. Got a call one night and was asked if I wanted to own a pharmacy. And, of course, it had been a dream of mine for a long time. And I uh, was able to take him up on that offer. And, you know, 20-something years later, I'm still here. So um, that's pretty much my career in a nutshell. Uh, I've always been involved, um, you know, in pharmacy because um, 
one of my professors at Sanford says, if um, you don't want to be involved in pharmacy, you need to go to Nashville, learn how to play the guitar. <laughs> uh, um, because our profession could be wiped away with the swipe of a pen. And we see that uh, now and again almost uh, every year for someone coming into our profession and you know trying to dictate what pharmacists do and what they can't do, when they do it, how they do it. So it's very important, uh, you know, to be involved. And I've been very fortunate over my career to be involved and be able to go out and fight for pharmacy. So that's pretty much me in a nutshell. <laughs> that's that's a, a very diverse background. And what I like is the um, I've heard a lot of pharmacy owners talk with me about boards of pharmacy and uh, sometimes uh, some of the members of different boards of pharmacy don't have a, an actual understanding of a working privately owned organization and you happen to be part of the Alabama State Board of Pharmacy as well and your, your background of, of wholesale, your background of legislative issues, it's, a, it's an excellent mixture. So um, it's, been a, it's been an excellent career. So uh, I'm sure there's many more good things coming. Well, I hope so. We all do. <laughs> so let's talk about community pharmacy and privately owned pharmacy. Um, sure. It certainly has changed um, with regards to um, the challenges that is to own a pharmacy. And um, I grew up in uh, Butler County, Pennsylvania, and um, there is a, a local pharmacist that was down there for uh, many years, um, and um, uh, Gabriel's Pharmacy, and they're no longer there. Um, they were near Woolworths, and uh, Woolworths is no longer there, and it's all, of course, uh, changed. And most of the reasons that it's changed is is the fact of how a, a pharmacy, um, how a pharmacy owner gets compensated for their services, and um, it's it's in my opinion been taken hostage by the uh, landscape and the the way that the PBM has has kind of taken hold, and that is the national, because there's some transparent ones out there now that are coming up that we're very excited to to hear about and work with. But nonetheless, um, it 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 was it now seemed like it went from care, patient care and community and community health, uh, and it seemed like it got hijacked by insurance. And um, something that's excited me it, lately. Um, uh, Donnie is the fact that I see it. I see it making a turn. I see the fight that's happening uh, with NCPA and and the and the state associations as well as uh, many of the other groups that are out there. Um, we're we're finally making um, we're finally making enough noise that the public sees uh, some of the things that have taken place. Um, but the fight certainly is nowhere near from over. Todd, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I'm seeing it as well. You know, being a pharmacy owner, you know, we've had challenges um, throughout, gosh, the last 30 years. I'll never forget when uh, I first stepped into a pharmacy as a student to work, I started out, you know, typing on a typewriter. And we went through the computer phase and all of what that brought to our profession and the challenges that it brought. You know, I think that um, now... We're in the same kind of situation. Uh, lowered reimbursements, you know, from the federal government all the way down to private payers. It's really created a huge challenge for our members and owners of pharmacies. We have to diversify to, to find other ways to make an income uh, and to be able to pay our bills. One of the frustrating things for me as an owner is that even though 
our business model has changed. No one else's has changed. The wholesaler's business model really hasn't changed drastically. Um, the manufacturer's business model, when it comes to us as providers and as pharmacy owners, hasn't really changed very much, except for the fact that we can really no longer buy direct from them. So we're seeing our business model change dramatically, but no one else is willing to change to help us with it. So we have to help ourselves. Um, there is a change. It's a huge change in the American public, I believe, uh, because they value small town America. They value small business people. They've seen what the Walmarts of the world have done to small business. They've seen what you know mail order has done to small business, not only in our industry, but you know in the local shoe store, the local bookstore, the local hardware store. They're all facing the same challenges that we are, you know, month to month to month. And I believe the American public is finally waking up and said, look, we realize there's value there and they're willing to pay for that value. And I believe that as we go forward, you're seeing more and more state legislatures. As you said, state associations have really got involved. You're seeing more political leaders to come out and say, you know, America needs to get back to work. And the best way to put Americans to work is through small business. You know, small business creates more jobs than any other industry in America. And pharmacy is no exception. You know, we probably employ 15 to 20 people. And every independent community pharmacy in the country employs a lot of people. And if you add all of us up, we employ a lot more people than the large chains or the large big boxes or even the large mail orders. So, um, I think you're right. I think we are in a transition area where we are going to see some gains, I believe, very soon in the future. I um, am excited about the opportunities that are coming. Of course, you have to dig for them and, and fight for them, and there, there's a lot of challenges in order to diversify services. And um, my organizations that we do always help to be as creative as possible uh, to help pharmacy owners uh, do exactly that. Um, start stretching. Start uh, thinking outside the box. Start, uh, you know, offering different uh, other services that go hand in hand with what pharmacy does. Anyhow, especially for a small community, uh, that a community pharmacy is so very much necessary. So you're the pre new president of the NCPA, and I know that you obviously, you know, have an agenda, and um, you you have the. Um, the floor right now, so I'd like to open it up and allow you to share uh, with our listeners what your vision is um, for your time here uh, that you're that you're dedicating to the NCPA and to uh, community pharmacy throughout the country. Thanks, Todd. I appreciate the opportunity to, to share this vision, you know, with our members and with community pharmacy owners across the country. You know, I believe that in order to diversify our services, we've really got to get the payers and the government to recognize us as providers. We know we're providers. Our patients know we're providers. The medical communities uh, know we're providers. But when it comes to the Social Security Act, we're not listed as a provider. And I hate to say it this way, but a lot of the private payers, a lot of the state payers, you know, they just go to the Social Security Act, so who's listed, and that's who gets put on contracts. And unfortunately, pharmacists are not one of the professions listed. So one of the goals that I have this year is to really push pharmacists being paid as providers. 
there are lots and lots of services that we give away for free every single day from free home delivery we give shots for free there are so many things that we do for free there are millions and millions of dollars that we've saved the healthcare system by talking to patients and saying hey miss brown you don't need to go to the emergency room for that it you know that cuts not deep enough or that burns not severe enough but then on the other hand as providers we're able to recognize that hey that cut is deep enough that burn is severe enough you need to go see the doctor right now we play a vital role in taking care of america's citizens we're the most accessible healthcare professional in America. We do things out of the goodness of our heart day in and day out. And that's probably one of the reasons why I believe pharmacy is having the economic times that we're having now is because of the type of people that we are. We're always wanting to help. We want people to get better. We want them to feel better. So one of the big things I'm pushing this year is pharmacists as providers. And I'm really happy to see that APHA has made this a cornerstone for their organization as well. So you're going to be seeing a lot of national organizations as well as state organizations start pushing state governments and our federal government to recognize us as part of the healthcare team. You know, as healthcare is evolving under uh, Obamacare, what is happening in healthcare now? We've all heard the terms ACOs, medical homes. So we know that healthcare payment reform is out there, that we're going to be paid differently. No one really knows how that's going to happen. No one really knows what the formula is going to be for that. We want to be poised to make sure that we are part of the healthcare team in every ACO, in every medical home, in every part of every state where there's healthcare to be delivered through prescription drugs or through pharmacist delivered care that our members are able to engage in that, get recognized for what they do and get paid appropriately for providing those services. Uh, my daughter is fixing to graduate medical school and I'm very, very proud of her. She's gonna be out there. She's gonna be um, part of a team that works with you know, different personnel in the hospital. And a pharmacist is one of those people that she works with day in and day out on our team. We need to make sure that when that transitions to the community, that we're part of that team and that our guys that are out there, you know, behind the counter every day right now, that those same guys can participate in that team, that they're still going to have access to their patients that they've been taking care of for the last 20, 30, 40 years. We want them to be able to be paid for going out and counseling Mrs. Brown. We want them to be able to be paid for going out doing a cholesterol test or a diabetes screen or going out and giving a flu shot. We want them to be paid not for what product they put in a bottle, but for what they do with their mind, what they do with their hands. The biggest problem we have in healthcare is we don't touch people enough. You know, it's hands off. You know, we need to show more compassion and we need to really get out there and make sure our patients know the value that we bring. And I believe, you know, in my practice, I've got a lot of uh, seniors and we see the gratitude week in and week out from the sons and daughters, you know, when they come in to say, thanks for taking care of mom. You know, I couldn't do it without you guys or I don't know what I would do without you. And I believe that sentiment is passed along day after day to, to community pharmacy owners all across the country. 
So that's one thing. The other thing that I'm kind of passionate about this year is, as president of NCPA, I appoint steering committees that look at different issues in pharmacy every every year. The president, you know, we're very fortunate to be able to appoint people to these committees to work on these issues. So this year, I've tasked our third-party payment committee to look looking at ways that pharmacy owners can operate with a pure cash model. You know, can you operate and make a living owning a pharmacy and only do cash prescriptions. And you ask yourself, that may be kind of hard to do. Well, I've kind of looked at it from a couple of different standpoints, and I believe that it's possible to do that, depending upon each person's, um, I guess I would say, each person's uh, area of where they are in the country. If you're in a small town, major metropolitan area, I think it's going to have to be population-based in order to make it work. But I have tasked them with that because I really want them to look at alternative payment models. What can we do? You know, if the PBMs are creating so much problems for us, you know, what can we do to take them out? Why do you know? Can we operate a business model where we don't have to deal with a PBM? So that's kind of one of the goals that I have this year is for us to think outside the box a little bit and see how can community pharmacy operate without having to deal with PBMs or make the services that we provide so valuable that we can dictate contract terms with the PBM. I think that would be great for me to send them a contract and say, hey, this is all I'm going to accept if you want me to be a provider for your services. So I think we've got some opportunities there. Those are two big things that I have on my agenda. The third thing that I'll just mention um, is that I am 100% against community pharmacy accreditation the way it's being presented by APHA and NABP. And I just saw an announcement yesterday where they're going to join with the American Society of Hospital Pharmacists to accredit community pharmacies. And, you know, I think you've got the National Association Boards of Pharmacy, the American Pharmacists Association, and you got the National Association of Society of uh, Hospital Pharmacists. They're trying to accredit me, and it just doesn't make sense. Um, The biggest issue I have with accreditation is they want to accredit a place. And I've said from my acceptance speech back in October through now, places don't provide care. People provide care. (laughs) You know, we need to accredit people, not places. You know, one of the things that happened back when we had Medicare um, Part, uh, I think Part B, when we all, all of us that were doing medical equipment, we had to go out and get bonds. And we each individually had to get a bond and, and we had to individually apply for accreditation in order to be able to, you know, sell hospital beds, oxygen concentrators, what have you. Well, individually, independent pharmacies all over the country had to do that. Chain pharmacies wrote one check, and every single one of their pharmacies were accredited. So what do you think is going to happen in the new model? NAVP, who had an accreditation for uh, medical equipment providers, they have a track record of letting someone with 8,000 stores write one check and accrediting 8,000 stores at one time. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're going to do it this time, but they have a proven history of doing that. APHA has gone along for the ride. Uh, I've talked with their incoming president, Steve Simonson, who is an independent pharmacy owner from Minnesota, um, in trying to convince them that it's people that provide care, not places. And, you know, once accreditation of 
places goes out if it becomes viable, which looks like it's going to be, you know, what's the purpose of the state board going to be? You've got a national accrediting body that's going to go in and inspect your pharmacy once every two or three years for a significant fee. What's the purpose of the board in your state going to be? You know, the board is there to protect public safety, you know, and to make sure that, that people are taken care of by properly trained pharmacists, properly licensed pharmacies, uh, what have you. And I just really and truly see that they're trying to take the place of state boards of pharmacy and some of the things they do for its citizens. So we're really watching that closely. I don't know what NCPA is going to do, but our board of directors and our house of delegates have both come out in opposition to the accreditation process, the way it's being presented. So that's a huge part of my platform this year is to make sure that independent pharmacies know that, hey, we don't like this. We're against it. And unless they can change it so that our members who are providing care um, and do a good job at it, that want to be accredited voluntarily, that they can be. If I've got uh, an independent friend who's doing diabetes care and he wants to be accredited in diabetes care, he should be allowed to do that. If I've got a friend who's doing long-term care out of his pharmacy and he wants to be accredited in long-term care, he should be allowed to do that. But I don't believe that either one of my friends should uh, have to be accredited just because they own a pharmacy in order to do business. And that's the big fear that I have. It's going to be another crutch the PBMs are going to throw at us to say, well, there's going to be a price differential and reimbursement if you're accredited or if you're not accredited. So we're very concerned about that. And so that's one of the things I'm going to be carrying this year as president of NCPA back to our members. Let them know that we are fighting for them on this issue. And lastly, I know I'm long-winded. I like to talk. <laughs> but we're going to carry our fight to Capitol Hill. And we're going to make sure that our state representatives, our state legislators, our, our federal guys, that, that they know, you know where independent community pharmacy is at and what problems that we have and how that we're disadvantaged by other members out in in the healthcare world and one of the things i like to talk about is you know the price discrimination on the cost of drugs that's another topic in of itself you know we're being paid because of a commodity a prescription drug we're being paid as a commodity well you know i think if we're going to be paid as a commodity then that commodity should be one price for everybody it shouldn't be based on class of trade, whether I'm an independent pharmacist, a chain pharmacist, a hospital pharmacist, a mail order pharmacist, you know, so forth and so on. If we're only going to be paid a certain amount of money because of the cost of a drug, then that cost needs to be determined by the government and that cost should be the same for everybody. You know, I don't believe, not for one minute, that when I'm being paid based on a unit of use of one drug, that it's fair for me to be able to take a third party contract with someone who's buying that drug for 75, 80% less than I am, but the reimbursement is the same. They're gonna sign every bad contract that comes through because they're making 70 to 80% more than I am just based on the cost of the commodity. So I think that's something that I'm gonna be talking about quite a bit this year as well. You know, and I, I really am hammering that home with my congressman. I think he understands it. And so I, I, I believe that we've got to continue to push that. And I know the we've been pushing that for 20 years, but we cannot let that die. You know, we have got to make sure that there's equality across the board. 
if we're being paid on the commodity. So it's kind of a two-pronged approach. Pay me for what I know, and if you're going to pay me for what I put in the bottle, make sure that what I'm getting paid for what I put in the bottle is the same as, as everybody else is paying for it. So it's an uphill battle, but we've faced uphill battles for a long, long time. Um, when I first went to pharmacy school, I was told, you're crazy for wanting to be a pharmacist. When I bought my store, I was told, you're crazy for wanting to own a store. You know, and I'm probably going to have people say, you're crazy for your agenda this year. <laughs> but it's something that I'm very passionate about, and I believe that we can accomplish, but we've all got to work together to do it. Well, um, I, I can't agree with you more, uh, Donnie. We're here to, to support any way we can, again, getting the message out, definitely. Uh, for the listeners, um, Donnie obviously will be part of the annual convention in October uh, down in Walt Disney World. So if you're listening and you're an NCPA member, um, definitely head on down there and, and, and meet with Donnie. And you'll definitely be uh, floating around, I'm sure. And that's October 12th through 16th, um, 2013. Um, and we're, we're going to be there and we're excited to be there. And um, I'll be able to meet you in person. Um, as well, Donnie. But um, wanted to thank you for being on the show and and for voicing um, uh, the concerns that you have, which uh, is concerns uh, of all uh, 22,000 plus uh, pharmacy owners throughout the country. So thank you so much. You're welcome, Todd. And I really do appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. You're very welcome. We're on with uh, Donnie Calhoun. He's the president of NCPA, National Community Pharmacists Association. And uh, you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Please, there's comment section down below. You can ask questions to, to Donnie or myself uh, about different things that you're concerned with. Uh, reach out to us um, via email or the website form. Uh, reach out to the NCPA for additional uh, questions about uh, things that are concerning you as a pharmacy owner. And once again, we thank you so much for listening. <laughs>